0: I wonder how good you are at heeding warnings. This week I read of a child Superman outfit that was being sold in the shops. On the label inside the collar it said, Warning! This suit does not give you the power to fly. (laughs) Only Superman can fly. I wonder how many children heeded the warning. I wonder how many parents had to rush in to catch their child just as they propelled themselves off the sofa. You may think that ignoring warnings is something we grow out of, but it's not. A few weeks ago, while on holiday, my dad and I went out for a bike ride. We would planned in advance the route that we were going to take. However, when we got to a certain junction, we saw a sign at the side of the road said... Road ahead closed. We looked at each other and we thought, well, that would just be for the cars. We're on our bikes, we'll get past okay, it's probably just a tree that's falling down. So off we set down this road. Five miles long it was, down the side of a lake. No turnings on or off. Just before we got to the end of this road, where it would join us back onto the road to take us home, we came across... The fence. (laughs) That's right. A high fence right across the world, complete with spikes on the top. There was no getting past. All we could do was to cycle the five miles back again to the original junction and take the suggested diversion. We were tired and hungry when we got back that night. Let me tell you. Sometimes, though, ignoring warnings can have more serious consequences. Yesterday, I was at a wedding, and in his speech, the best man told a great story about the groom. It was just two weeks after he passed his driving test. He had his own car, his pride and joy. And of course, as a 17-year-old driver, he drove way too fast, and very little of his hands on the steering wheel. And his family kept warning him, slow down, concentrate, or you'll have an accident. You'll end up upside down in a ditch. Suddenly, he found these warnings a little bit patronizing, so he thought he'd play a little joke. One day, when he'd driven around to Port Charlotte with his best man, they rang home. We've crashed the car, we've crashed the car, we're upside down in a ditch. And of course, the person who received the call was frantic, worried about them, about to charge out to see where they were. Then they started laughing. And the family member gave him a row and they put the phone down. Now, of course, the reason that this was part of the speech yesterday was because of what happened next. No less than a few minutes and a mile down the road, after that phone call, they did indeed crash the car. In fact, they ended upside down in a ditch. Fortunately, they were unscathed, but the car was a write-off. Warnings come in different shapes and sizes right throughout our lives I wonder how good we are at heeding them I wonder if we will heed the warning in our passage today We have just begun a new series looking at the book of Proverbs Proverbs is a book of wisdom It's designed to teach us practical common sense It's designed to make us skillful at living life It's designed to lead us into the ways of God, the designer of the universe. And last week we saw one of the ways that Proverbs does this. In chapters 1 to 9, there are 10 parental talks where fathers and mothers try to pass on the wisdom of their experience to their children. This week we come across another way that Proverbs tries to speak to us. Because amongst those ten talks are four poems. And in these poems, wisdom calls out to us, urges us to pay attention, urges us to heed the warnings and advice that this book contains. And in our reading today, we read the first poem. Let's listen again to how it begins, verses 20 and 21. Out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On top of the wall, she cries out. The city gate, she makes her speech. The first thing that you will notice here is that wisdom is personified as a woman. Why is that? Well, because Proverbs believes that if you follow the wise teaching of the Bible, it will lead you into living an elegant, beautiful life. Remember, the rest of Proverbs 1-9 to is parental advice to a young man. A young man who is rather likely to have his head turned by a beautiful woman. But do not for one moment think that woman wisdom in these poems is in any way weak or subservient to young men. Because very quickly we're going to see that woman wisdom speaks with great authority. She leads the conversation and she challenges her listeners to the core. As this poem begins, woman wisdom is acting like a town crier, calling out into the streets, In ancient Israel, no woman would speak publicly in a crowd. So this rather shocking depiction would have certainly got the initial reader's attention. It appears then that wisdom is beautiful and attractive, but once it's drawn us in, it's more than willing to hit us with a challenge. The woman wisdom that we're going to find in these poems is like a prophet. She boldly declares God's word and announces the consequences if it is ignored. Now let me just remind us that this is poetry. There are no goddesses in the Bible. There are no gods at all other than the one true Lord God Almighty. It may take us a little while to get our head around some of this language, but that's because we're not used to reading poetry like this, and there isn't much of it in the Bible. But we do need to understand why Proverbs uses this poetic device. Proverbs conjures up this image of woman wisdom to communicate something important. The wisdom that we find in the Bible is not abstract. Far from it. For wisdom to be wisdom, it has to be personified. It has to be lived out. It has to be put into the flesh. As we said last week, wisdom is not just collecting facts about the world. Wisdom is about embodied common sense. In other words, you can know good guidance. You can have been taught well as a child. But if you don't put that advice into action, you never have wisdom. And that's why Proverbs personifies wisdom as a person And in these poems, we're going to be constantly reminded that we can't just read God's word. We have to do it. It has to affect and shape our very human lives. So now we have that little bit of background information. Let's have a look at the poem in front of us for what it is. In this poem, woman wisdom is acting as a town crier. Listen again to that opening line. Out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. The first thing then that we're to take from this poem is that God has made his wisdom freely available to us all. God's wisdom is accessible. It's out in the open. Paul Simon, in his song, Slip Sliding Away, wrote these lyrics. God only knows. God makes his plan. The information is unavailable to mortal man. Paul Simon was describing now what many people believe about God today. There really are very few in our world who really believe that there's no God. The majority of people in our world believe that there is a God, but somehow he's detached from the world that he made. He's left it to run all on its own. The God that most people think of is a God that's completely unfathomable. You can never really know him or his plans or his purposes. Proverbs wants to tell us that that is absolute rubbish. Our God desires us to know him so strongly. From the dawn of humanity, he has given the ordinary person on the street access to, to his wisdom, Our God has called out to human beings with passionate and longing love. He has revealed his will and his plans and put them in the open for all to see. In the Old Testament, we discover God's wisdom in creation. We discover his character in the law. We discover his will in the prophets. And of course, as Christians, we believe that God fully revealed himself in the person of his Son. Jesus is the full wisdom of God, and he's shown us how to live a life that fits in with the world that God has made and furthers God's purposes. Jesus has also shown us where all history is headed, and pleaded with us to make wise choices accordingly. We are to live on earth now, as we will one day in heaven. So God has shouted his wisdom out loud, just as this woman does in this poem. This then begs a question. If God has made his wisdom freely available for all, both through creation and his word and the Lord Jesus, why do so many people not follow it? And the answer to that it's because God's wisdom is competed against by the values of the society in which we live listen again to those opening verses out in the open wisdom calls aloud she raises her voice in the public square on top of the wall she cries out at the city gate she makes her speech picture a town crier bellowing over the cacophony of the noisy market Or the busy street. And so too God's wisdom calls out to us against this maelstrom of competing voices in our world. One commentator I read described this image of God's wisdom trying to call out above the noise of the world. Like the scene at Hyde Park Corner on a Sunday afternoon. Where there are all sorts of pushers shouting over one another. In this poem, the streets are full of noise and distraction. The public square is the place of the market and the competing values of wealth and power. And sadly, so many people in our world go hunting after the distractions. They go after the vices, rather than seizing the word of God. And we know the reality of this on Isla today. The living word of God is freely available to all. We have it here in our Bibles. We're preaching it from the pulpit every Sunday, but our churches are still empty. So many people lured by their distractions. And in this poem, beautiful, sophisticated, powerful woman wisdom calls out with all of her heart into the world. But so many people walk past and ignore her. This poem speaks the truth. In the following verse, verse 22, we're then introduced to three characters that we're going to read a lot of in Proverbs. These three represent all those people who are either unable or unwilling to listen to God's wisdom. They ignore the town crier's voice. Now, Proverbs might have originally been written to young men, But we all find ourselves represented by these three characters at different stages of our lives. No matter who we are, man or woman, young or old. Listen again. Woman wisdom cries out. How long will you who are simple love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? These three characters then Are those who are simple, those who are fools, and those who are mockers. In Proverbs, the simple are those who just don't think. They're naive, they're irresponsible, they have no common sense. As a result, they're easily enticed down the road of temptation. From my opening illustrations, These are the children with the Superman outfits. They're not going to read the label. The temptation to put on the outfit and jump is too great. I wonder when it comes to life, can we be a little bit simple? Next are those who Proverbs describes as fools. Fools are more stubborn, more obstinate than the simple. They frankly cannot be bothered to search for God's wisdom largely because they think they already know better in truth they deliberately choose not to fear the Lord and from my opening illustrations the fools are me and my dad you can clearly see the warning is there but we think it doesn't apply to us or we can somehow overcome the challenges in life all by ourselves And fools inevitably end up down a great big cul-de-sac having to make a humiliating U-turn. I wonder, when it comes to life, can we be a little bit foolish? And then we come to the mockers. Oh dear, the mockers. These are people who've already hardened their hearts against God. They're not going to listen to his word. They're going to cast scorn on his wisdom. God may be the creator and designer of the universe. He knows how it works. (laughs) But they're not going to listen to him. They're not going to be corrected by him. Mockers refuse to leave the wrong path they're on and they laugh at anybody else who does. And from my opening illustration, the mockers were those two boys in the car. They'd been given warning after warning by people who loved them. they scorned it and laughed at it, and the life of mockers ends up with a crash. And I wonder when it comes to life, can we be a mocker at times? I know it's dangerous in my life, I was, and I deeply regret it. And I hope this passage now is really starting to hit home. This is no academic study of Proverbs. This is no dry and dusty exercise that we can take or leave. Because God's wisdom in the Bible speaks directly to us and pleads with us to put it into action. So, where are we with God's Word at this time? Are we reading it? Where are we with Jesus at this time? Are we trying to model our whole lives on him because if not we're in danger of becoming one of these three characters and if that is the case we really need to hear the warning that's coming their way from verses 23 to 33 woman wisdom this town crier makes her desperate plea to those walking the streets around her and she urges them to take time to listen and respond. Now you don't need me to spell this out to you. Because this poem is blunt and straight to the point. Those people who ignore wisdom. Those people who decline to listen to God's word. Those people who rebuff God's heartfelt calls. And categorically refuse to change path and repent. Are heading for disaster in fact the poem is stronger than that they're heading for calamity the simple and the foolish and the mockers will eventually experience the consequences of their actions the fruit of their schemes and suddenly then we realise the seriousness of this poem Because ignoring the call of God's wisdom in life, it's like ignoring a lone voice shouting out to you as you head down a dark path towards a cliff edge. And Proverbs tells us that it's not just one or two that are on this path to destruction, but a whole crowd. And as the crowd reject the only hope of escaping that coming fate, no alternative is left. What was it that verse 32 said? The waywardness of the simple will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. There's a really important lesson here. The Bible reveals to us that God loves us so much he will keep on giving us second chances. He holds out his hands. He's calling us to come back to him. And he does this for a very long period of time. But, and it's a big but, that time of mercy is limited. There comes a point for all human beings where we fix our path and we harden our heart and we set our destiny. And this reality is really strongly pictured in this poem. In verse 26, woman wisdom mocks those who laughed at her. In verse 28, she refuses to answer those who only call out to her when they realize it's too late. Now this is not God being vindictive. As we've just said, God always gives us far more chances than we deserve. But God has set the world up to work in a certain way. We live in a moral universe where justice will be done. And learning to live wisely is learning to live in step with the way that God has made things to be. And as Christians, we've had Jesus explain this to us even more fully. Because one day, the risen Lord Jesus is going to return to this world. And on that day, he will remove sin and evil for good. And when Christ returns, there'll be a judgment. And if we've not turned to him before that day, it will be too late. Just as it will be if we die before that day comes and have not bowed the knee in repentance. So here then is the wisdom of this poem. Turn to God. Put him first. Choose to follow his path before it's too late. Woman wisdom is calling out into the streets and into our lives and into the world. Listen to this. Please listen to this. Pursue right rather than wrong. Pursue wisdom rather than folly. Choose God's ways rather than your own or that of the world around you. This is an urgent warning indeed. It could not be more serious. But notice how the poem finishes in verse 33. It finishes with the beautiful alternative. Woman wisdom calls out for all to hear. The waywardness of the simple will kill them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. What a beautiful thought. Whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. Let me briefly finish by saying this. As mentioned several times already, the Bible shows that this passage really is fulfilled in Jesus. He came into the world in the form of a human being to reveal God's wisdom to us. He lamented over the hardness of heart of so many people around him. But he never gave up calling to those who were there. In the end, Jesus was even prepared to stretch out his hands on the cross in his appeal to our souls and to forgive our previous reluctance to respond. Jesus showed us the way to live our lives to the very best. He taught it and he modeled it. And he warns of the consequences if we ignore him. Do you remember his little wisdom poem? If you follow his life and put it into practice, you're like a wise man who builds his house on a rock. But if you ignore his life, you're like a foolish man building a house on the sand. And Jesus says there's a storm coming. And only one of those houses is going to stand. And Jesus spoke those words out with the deepest love you could imagine. And he still speaks to us today in the same way. So if during this sermon you've recognised, oh, I am a little bit simple at times. I don't really know God's word. Well then let's commit to getting going deeper with Jesus. To find out more about him. To learn his life and start to live it. Or if during this sermon we've recognised that there is something in our life that is just foolish. Then maybe allow Christ's love for you to just humble your heart and take the appropriate steps to stop it. And if we discern listening to this that we've been living life as a mocker, then let's repent from that path as quickly as possible. Let's confess our sins to the Lord before our heart gets too hard to ever do it. Forgiveness is available even to us if we take the right steps. Remember the story of the prodigal son? It ended up with rejoicing in heaven over the sinner who chose to come home. Truly today, Jesus is still calling. Will we heed the warning before it's too late?